Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome along to the Bear Books Christmas special. I'm April Berry. And I'm Daisy Ray, and a Merry Christmas from me too. So we just thought we'd put out a couple of little flash fiction stories on Christmas morning. One was written by Dean Wrigley, and one was written, well, sort of written by, by our very own Daisy Ray, but we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get to the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a little bit of Christmas enjoyment then. Get yourself a cup of tea. Have a quick feet up five minutes before bedlam rains. The first story is read by April and written by Dean Wrigley. We are calling The Tale of William Pinter. The light from the full moon pierced through the living room curtains, lighting up the Christmas tree positioned in front of the big window. It was the early hours of the morning and William Pinter was hiding behind the settee, waiting for Santa's sleigh to arrive. He wanted to catch the red-attired man in the act, just to prove to all his doubting Thomas school friends that Santa Claus was real. How can you still believe in Santa, you idiot? You're 13. You should have been told he's not real by now. Do your parents want you to be a child forever? His friends had goaded him. But William was steadfast in his belief. He knew. He just knew Santa was real, and he would provide the proof this Christmas Eve night. The living room was dark and it seemed even darker from William's hiding place. The room was almost silent too. The only sound was the gentle ticking of the clock on the mantelpiece and the occasional creak from his parents' bedroom above his head. William peeped over the top of the settee looking towards the window. The light from the full moon was scattered by the curtains and sparkled through the Christmas tree fairy lights. Gradually he became aware that the light coming through the curtains was getting brighter. This must be the headlights of Santa's sleigh, he whispered to himself. He switched record on his mobile phone and disappeared behind the settee, holding the mobile phone above his head using a selfie stick. In no time at all, the whole wall and the ceiling over his head was lit up. The last thing William remembered was a series of almighty skids, crashes and screams. The rest of the story was pierced together by the police from William's mobile phone footage. The front window wall was completely demolished as a big red post office van came careering through it and into the living room. The tree was destroyed, baubles and pine cones were thrown haphazardly around the room. The angel at the top of the tree took flight and was never seen again. The ceiling was sheared through, numerous joists split, causing William's parents' bed to fall through the hole, landing abruptly half on top of the van before losing its balance, toppling over and tipping its occupants out onto the floor, accompanied with Mrs Pinter's screams. The van crunched into the settee, pushing it up against the wall, trapping William behind it. The selfie stick supporting William's mobile phone was pinned against the wall, and captured the scene as the dust settled. A man dressed in red with a big white dusty beard was the first figure that appeared from the haze. Santa ran his fingers through his hair and shook his head. A blizzard of plaster tumbled from his hair and beard, Finally, the man in red spoke. What the bloody hell happened here? The voice wasn't that of Santa, but of a very confused Mr Pinter. A hand reached up and tugged at Mr Pinter's pyjama bottoms. Trevor, Trevor, where are we? said his wife. It looks like we're in our front room, what's left of it more like, said Mr Pinter. He bent down and helped his wife get to her feet. Is that a post office van in our front room? 
she asked. He my gum, so it is, said an astonished Mr. Pinter. Is our William okay? she said. He's probably still asleep, said Mr. Pinter. He could sleep through a bomb dropping. Together they carefully shuffled through the rubble towards the van. As they got nearer, there was something strange about the passengers. It looked like they were reindeer. Suddenly the van door opened and the reindeers clambered out, each standing on two legs. The mouths of the two humans opened in awe as both reindeer hurriedly found an escape route and ran off into the night. The humans stood aghast as wailing sirens eventually brought the constabulary into their destroyed front room. His parents were very surprised when William was found behind the settee. As a precaution, he was taken to hospital with his parents, but all three were released at breakfast time. William's mobile phone footage was used in an attempt to identify the reindeer, but no clues were found. However, William had all the evidence he needed. There on his mobile phone was proof of Santa, dressed in red with a big white beard, accompanied by two of his helpers dressed in green. Also, there were two reindeer who, of course, were never seen again, because they must have made their way back to the North Pole. At school in the new year, William proudly showed stills captured from his phone footage to his sceptical school friends. The friends laughed with William as he retold the events of that Christmas Eve. They had seen the aftermath on the local news bulletin, but they let William have his day. You may have seen your Santa, but you're still an idiot, William Pinter, they said. Very interesting take on a story with a red vehicle and a man dressed in red and reindeers on two legs. Loving it. Thank you very much, Dean, for sending that in for us. And many thanks, as always, to April for reading that out for us. Right then, Daisy, come on, it's time for your story now. And I know you went through a lot of trauma trying to write this, didn't you? I'll say. Well, for a start, I don't normally write comedy at all, but I had a good start to this story and I had an image in my head of where I wanted it to go. And I wrote a good two paragraphs before it dried up completely and I was stuck with it. So we've got this little chat thing on Messenger where we talk to a lot of our regular flash fiction authors, April and I. So I went on there and I I gave them what I had so far. And they came back with some ideas and all of their ideas were funny. It it was just hilarious because I was was actually preoccupied last night, but I was reading the chat that was going on in Messenger and I was just chuckling away to myself. However, what I have to say is having, having had the privilege of reading this story prior to the podcast, I'm absolutely looking forward to it. So come on, let's hear what your story's about because it's called The Day Christmas Was Cancelled. Dan and Hayley woke up on Christmas morning wondering why it was so quiet. Where are the kids? Dan said, looking at the bedside clock. I thought they'd have woken us up ages ago. They gave each other a puzzled look slipped out of bed and into the slippers before padding through to the kids' room to find their beds empty. Their Christmas stockings still stuffed with toys untouched. The bedroom window is open, the cookies they left out for Santa have been eaten, and next to the carrots that were left out for Rudolph and the rest of the reindeer is a note. Sorry folks, I'm in the middle of a recession. Had to borrow your kids. My elves have gone on strike. I'll get them back to you right after our last stop in Samoa. See you after lunch. Love, Santa. 
Ooh, said Haley. what's the going rate for elves nowadays? Could be a nice little earner. That earned her such a look from Dan. I don't care if it's a million pounds or four pennies and a peanut. You don't borrow people's children in the middle of the night like some bleeding kidnapper. What's wrong with you? But it's Santa, exclaimed Haley. Right, said Dan. So it's okay to take some random person's kids in the dead of night, as long as they fit an elf costume and are old enough to be potty trained. God forbid Santa has to stop every hour to change nappies. Haley burst out laughing. I'm sorry, babe. Just got this mental image of Santa delivering dirty nappies instead of presents. Can you imagine the looks on the kids' faces? Dan was not amused and stomped downstairs wondering if he should phone the police and report the kidnapping. But he could just picture their faces, trying hard not to laugh at him, while he tried and failed to explain that Santa had kidnapped his children. Merry bloody Christmas. Meanwhile, somewhere over Canada, Santa was grinding his teeth and regretting his rash actions more with every second. He'd even gone so far as to wonder if it would cause much of a hassle if he just dropped these three kids over the side of the sleigh and carried on without them. It's not like he had to be on anyone's naughty or nice list. Amelia was climbing on Santa's lap while he was trying to navigate Canada's rooftops, tugging at his beard, crying, This is not a real beard. I saw a robin peeping out of it. Where are you, Mr Robin? Jessica was in floods of tears, sobbing. I want to go home. I don't like heights. I want my mummy. Take me home. All the time trying to climb inside Santa's jacket so she couldn't see how high they were. Imogen, though, she was having the time of her life. She was sat on top of the sack of presents, pulling them out one by one and throwing them over the side of the sleigh, howling at the top of her voice with every gift over and over. Here's another one. Merry Christmas. Poor Santa was in despair. He couldn't guide the sleigh in a straight line. He'd missed two whole towns full of kids already. Who knew when he'd be back on track? Not him, that's for sure. He did consider trying to land on the roof of some childless couple and leaving them these three terrors as a gift. But then remembered he was meant to love everyone and he was responsible for these little hooligans. So he tried to find another solution that didn't involve giving the little terrors away. He had promised to deliver them back home for lunchtime after all. Ah, that's it. He'd take them home now. Better to be late delivering presents on his own, well, the ones that Imogen hadn't thrown over the side yet, than endure this bedlam any longer than necessary. So the reindeer turned the sleigh around and made their way back to Belper in the UK, as fast as their little legs and some Christmas magic could muster. Dan and Haley were sat in the lounge in front of the fireplace, waiting for Santa to bring back their kids, even though it was only 11 o'clock and lunchtime was still two hours away. When they weren't hugging each other and panicking in case the kids didn't arrive back, they were blaming each other for not locking the window or for not hearing anything while their kids were being kidnapped. How did they sleep through that? It didn't occur to them that no one hears Santa delivering gifts. It's all part of that Christmas magic. 
Then they did hear a noise, an almighty thud on their roof, followed by sleigh bells and three very familiar voices complaining bitterly. Loudest of all was Imogen, who did not want to come home. She was having far too much of a good time on the sleigh. Santa's heavy footsteps could be heard walking towards their chimney, where he dropped Amelia down first, followed by a very grateful Jessica, glad to be home at last. As Dan and Haley were hugging Amelia and Jessica, waiting for Imogen to drop down the chimney, they could hear a commotion upon the roof. Imogen was clinging onto Santa's jacket, her little hands not letting go of the tops of Santa's pockets. In the struggle, her hand brushed against something in Santa's pocket, so she grabbed it to see what it was. And not a lot of you know this, but Santa has a magic lighter he uses to relight the fires after he has delivered your presents. Imogen let go of Santa and ran back to the bag of presents on the sleigh, lighter in hand. She wanted to hide and stay with Santa when he left, but Santa was too wily for that and scooped her up to drop her down the chimney. But not before Imogen managed to use the lighter and set fire to the presents for the whole of the rest of the world, along with the sleigh, leaving the reindeer to take off into the skies with the charred remains and leaving Santa stranded on a rooftop in Belper. And that, dear listener, is how Christmas was cancelled. That is brilliant. I have got to say, though, you are very... It is a macabre story, because I remember your last Christmas story was about the reindeers killing Santa. Ah. Have you got something against Santa? He's not dead this year. Well, no, he's not dead, but he's stuck in Belper. He just might as well be. Sorry, everybody that lives in Belper. (laughs) Oh, dear. It was really, really hard to write. So let's just go through a little bit of what a collaboration this story really was. So right at the beginning, where Santa left his note, the beginning of that note was written by Jane Love, who's one of our regular writers for Flash Fiction on the podcast. So thank you very much to Jane from that, because that was hilarious about being in the middle of a recession and having to borrow the kids, because that set the tone for the rest of the story, really. So excellent. Also, big thanks to Dean Wrigley, another regular writer on the podcast. He's the one that suggested it being a right little earner. And what's the going rate for elves nowadays? So and that tied in beautifully with what Jane had suggested. And TJ Spencer, who has written a couple of stories, I think, in the yeah, past. Previously, she has. Yeah, she has in the past. Yeah. She suggested the... Um, yeah, four pennies and a peanut. Yeah, four pennies and a peanut. And then I got all the way to the last two paragraphs. And April and I did the end of it together. We did. So there is a lot of collaboration in this story. It's not all mine. I cannot take the entire credit. I do think it's really good. I have got to say, I did have to put myself on mute while we were recording that because I couldn't stop chuckling. I really enjoyed it. I will say one thing, though, you know, it's not going to cost anybody any money next year. (laughs) Well, it'll have built another sleigh by then. All that Christmas magic. Well, let's just hope that, this, that, that the elves get a decent pay rise 
they stop strike action so they can build another sleigh for next year because it's got to be the elves that build it because it needs to be magical. Ah, good point. Have you been talking to the elves? I know this is the kind of thing you do for a day job. <laughs> no, I haven't. All I can say is solidarity with the elves. Well, thank you for joining us for this little Christmas special. Thank you to Dean for writing us a Christmas story and thank you to April for reading it so beautifully. And we would like to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll see you all in 2023. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Beer Books and Beer Books Pod 1 on social media. We'd love it if you could share the podcast with your friends. And thanks so much to everyone that's left us a review. If you're listening today and you haven't given us a review yet, please do. It helps other people discover us and their new favourite indie authors. We'll be back soon with more reviews and more flash fiction. See you next time. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas.